What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Uh, your thrice weekly podcast with two dudes talking about current affairs with a touch of humor. But but the current affairs like serious topics, lah, right? With a touch yeah, of serious humor. topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just in and case you that don't, was our, in case yeah. you didn't know what what you're getting into, lah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because Terence and I realized that certain podcasts uh, after our intro. Uh, we just talk about our own weekends. <laughs> and if you're new to this podcast, it might not be the most welcoming thing. You might be thinking, what the fuck are these two people talking about shit that is not relevant to them? Mm. So we figured let's just start off with an intro. So if you're new to the podcast, you just give it a shot. And hopefully by the end of it, you either laugh, think, or find yourself a little more informed about something happening in the world. Correct, correct. That's right. Correct. And uh, correct. speaking of, I mean, but speaking of the world, we also, in the last few days, have been involved in something that is out of this world. Yeah, man. So I think, I think we, we have been teasing uh, a lot about this one show that uh, we've been working on. Uh, so why don't, Terrence, since you brought it up, why don't, why don't you tell us about it, man? Um, it is the Ministry of Funny Production that is now, I mean, uh, that is done in conjunction with Vasantam and uh, one mm-hmm. of the top comedy directors on Vasantam, uh, SS Vicky. Um, yeah, man. And the title of the show is... Ah, you purposely <laughs> said to me because you... <laughs> uh, balls in your court, man. Balls in your so, court. Yeah. <laughs> okay. so, so, I mean, before we start, it is a Tamil show. It was a concept that Terence and I came up with, I think, two years ago. And it pinged back and forth and it finally got picked up by Vasantam. We pitched it in English. It evolved into a Tamil show. We brought on the great director, SSV, who, uh, SS Vicky, who helped us write and he directed it. Uh, the show is called Mars Poi Sentatum. It's no, in hey, Tamil. Wrong. It's Mars Poi Sentatum. I think it's, with, Sentatum. it's the exclamation. It ends with the exclamation, exclamation mark. mark. So you got to pronounce it like that, yeah. And disclaimer, neither Terrence or I speak Tamil. Um, it sounds weird that two non-speaking, non-Tamil speaking people made a Tamil show, but we did surround ourselves with very capable people who are, uh, who've got so much flair with the language. Mm. So Terence and I executive produced it. Uh, it was our concept. We, uh, SSVK came on board to build a story out with us. It is a pilot, okay? Mm. So what, it would be great if you guys really love us, it would be great if you guys could click on the link in the show notes and watch the show on Me Watch. There's English subtitles. And, I might not be a Tamil speaker, but I'm in the fucking show, man. Yeah, and you will probably be wondering, how does a non-Tamil speaker uh, feature in a Tamil program? So, yeah, yeah, you have to tune in to find out. We won't, we won't reveal it for you. Yeah. yeah. And, and the context is, the context is, um, I'm one of six astronauts who are the first, not only the first Tamil people, uh, like Indian people, but the first humans ever to land on Mars. And first Singaporeans. It just so happens. First Singaporeans. The first Singaporeans. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And first humans. Like first, I mean, if you're first human, you're first Singaporean. Lah. Does it even matter anymore if you, when you get there and then there's like no one. I mean, it's a whole different planet. It doesn't even matter already, right? Exactly. And we land on Mars. So it's a fucking space comedy, man. I think it's Singapore's first space comedy. Mm. So, so whether or not we get the full series really depends on how many people watch it and for how long they watch it for. So please give it a shot. 
give it a shot. It's probably going to be like a show like you've never seen before because the style is very unique and we're super proud of it and we're super proud of the great work that SSBK did. Mm. So please, check it out, man. And to, to clarify, it's only 40 minutes. It's one episode. So it won't take out a lot yeah. of your time to watch all the way through. Uh, it comes with English subtitles. You have to s- switch that on. Uh, and uh, yeah, there, there's also a lot of... even And even if you don't understand some of the humor because I admittedly when I watched it with English subtitles uh, some of it was you know references that I didn't understand uh. but in general the mm. acting was so amazing from some from some of these from the cast right I mean obviously Harish included also uh. of so, course of course so some of the funny parts just jump out on screen at you and I I mean even as a non-Tamil speaker I found it it was pretty awesome that uh, it could cross cultural barriers like that as well uh. yeah and for the Tamil speakers out there who are listening to us Please just enjoy it however you want, man. Mm, mm. Cool. So that that All was right. probably our plug for the week, right? Cause yeah, we, we can't do two plugs. Like. We can't do two plugs yeah, in one yeah. week. So I think as we Harish move said, on. Is, is as, you know, if you want to support Yalabad, the podcast, and make things happen for us, do just give this show a chance on Me Watch. It's You can watch it on your Fuck phone. Yeah, man. You can watch it on wherever Me Watch is. You can watch it on your browser, at work, whatever. Just give it a go. 40 minutes. That's all we ask and- of you. Yeah, and if you watch it before this coming Tuesday, you'll be able to actually put down some questions for SSVK himself because he's going to be the guest on our podcast this Tuesday. Yeah. So so that's going to be fun. Yeah. But until then, until then, we got some some good things to talk about today. Back to Earth. Back to Earth. Back to Earth, man. Yeah. Back to Earth and back to Singapore. And back to work. Back to work. <laughs> yes, we are going to be what? talking about the... The announcement that was made just a few days ago mm. uh, is it, related to the easing of COVID measures. Mm. Uh, and the biggest takeaway is that the Singapore public service, the Singapore public servants are, are going to be working three days in office, two days at home. Mm. Mm. Uh, and I guess, I mean, basically the whole thing was previously, I think there's been a lot of different models from uh, of work of home, uh, work from home. I know some companies are fully work from home. Some companies have a hybrid. Some companies have a team A, team B, uh, and or a staggered approach. But I think it's always been the max a maximum of fifty percent of your staff strength can be in the office at any given time, lah. Right. Yep, that's right. That's right. And now that uh, it's been increased to seventy five percent. To seventy five percent, yeah. And basically, uh what is stated is that the public service, which fucking, I didn't know the public service employs 156,000 people. No? Mm-hmm. But this is 156,000 people. This is everyone. Everyone, right? right? From like, yeah, I mean, everyone. The, the government, the cleaner, anyone who works for the government. Yeah, the cleaner or the administrator or even the, the prime minister or whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so 156,000 and Basically, uh, yeah, the the percentage of your staff that can be in office at any given time has been increased from fifty percent to seventy five percent, and also um, that they I I, w- I wouldn't even say mandatory, right? Mm. Three out of five working days mm. is encouraging. Yeah, yeah. is encouraging. Yeah. So that prompted a a, a range of reactions mm. because if you think about it, like we are literally less than a, like two weeks away from the start of Circuit Breaker last year. You remember April 7th? Mm-hmm. Last year, Circuit Breaker kicked in. Yep. It's almost going to be a year since our lives changed so fucking much, right? Mm. Uh, so this prompted a, br- a bunch of responses. Like I think some people were appreciative. Some people were like, how the fuck you expect us to go from already having 
adapted to suddenly go back to working from home mm, mm, mm. working from office i mean mm. um but but i guess the caveat is full disclosure is that terence and i because we run our own ship um we have we basically work based on the needs of a project right mm. uh mm. you had a uh, had a kid uh, last september so i just moved into a new place mm. so if my voice is voice is sounding a bit echoey pardon me as my my furniture comes in yeah. um but yeah we 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 are, we are we are a small enough team that we can adapt mm. so the context is we are not working for a big company with hundreds of employees yeah and but but i think the we talked about adjusting right but what mm. do you think Let's just talk about mindsets. Uh. What how's your, yeah. has your mindset about working from home changed in the last year? Um I think it has, yes. In what way? Um okay, so actually that's a good question because just a brief timeline of how Terence and I started. 2014 May we both went to went on MOF full time, right? We were in the office every day. Uh over the years we had a team Uh, of different sizes we had employees at one point full-time employees we had a team of like five uh full-time people with a few interns and my approach was always we need if we want to do content creation we need to treat this like a fucking job you know every day in the office we are there we are grinding away and we can't do the flexible thing like because i i think I, i realized that i i prefer schedule i prefer routine They're a bit more the old uh, school uh, the old school mentality like right yeah Fuck you lah. Eh, I'm all new school Gary V. Hustle all day It's all okay. day, boy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying you're not that now. You're not new school now. I'm just saying your approach used to be old school lah. It's okay to admit any it. Any chance. It's okay. Hey, no, I'm a fucking modern. I'm a pro, I'm a okay lah. No, I would say yeah, a bit more old school lah. And I will also say that the whole flexible, you know, take time off during the day to meet uh, your girlfriend or friends always made me a bit anxious. Mm. Always. Mm. Um, it still does but I would say to a lesser extent mm, yeah correct but what about you? Uh, yeah there was this I don't know I think it might be a generational thing uh, but like um, because I think we were discussing this with some friends earlier this week that because we were brought up in that that stage where you could still get physically punished in school for being late for recess for skipping classes you could still get wrapped on your knuckles and your, on your hands and stuff like that right so mm. we grew up with that uh that fear lah, right of getting caught in case you are you are, you are malingering or whatever you call it lah. um yeah i think nowadays uh because once once corporal punishment was removed from schools i think uh and then parenting has bec- has also evolved over time lah. uh maybe people are a bit less uh What do you call it? Yeah, rigid and less, and less, uh, less, less anal about these kind of things. Ah, uh. but I think you and I, we mm. we come from that generation that's still like there's a little bit of there's still anxiety when we are missing a day of, of of something lah, right? When everyone else is working, yeah. and we are not lah, right? Whether it's being yeah, sick or exactly. something like that, and I, I, it's not even guilt, yeah. right? It's not even guilt of not doing the job. It's just some general. No, f- I feel guilty. I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel <laughs> guilt. I just. It's just general fear of like. Being accused of 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 slacking off or something like that, lah, you know. Because uh, because I'm pretty. Co- I mean, I I know I know I know you work hard. I know I work hard and and, and that kind of thing. So I'm not. I'm pretty confident about that. But I just just the idea of every the whole team is there and why are you not there? That kind of feeling. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's very. It, it stings, lah. 
Um, so, and, but, but and I think in the last year, I've learned that, yeah, yeah you, you, it's something that you need to evolve over time and change over time. Lah, and accept that, yeah, that, and things, have, that things have changed. Lah, yeah. And I think like, so, okay. So before I say what I wanted to say, like what of all the range of reactions, right? Because you get some people saying, oh, they're looking forward to going back to work. Some people are like, what the fuck? You know, mm. I'm so comfortable working at home. Mm. How can I just change overnight like that? What, what were the ones that resonated more with you uh, or some that you didn't even think about or like just your overall thoughts you on mean, reading um, all those different reactions? You mean which side of the arguments and everything lah? That I, I yeah, I mean, as you read um, through, like, did you find yourself uh, swaying towards one or the other? I would say that um, that, that I think the last year we've also learned the benefit of of having a workplace to go to every day, lah, right? And a lot of structure yeah, in your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, the, I think the hard part was instituting that structure at home, lah. There's literally having to change your home to a more of a workplace kind of feel to it. So for me, yeah. for example, my my dining table, half my dining table has been has become my work desk already. Uh, you know, and mm. uh, I I I I'm not even apologetic about it anymore. Like when people come, I just like, hey, you know, let's pull out the pull out the other table and let's let's have dinner together, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm not even apologetic about that anymore. Um, but uh, generally. Uh, I've, uh, for me, I think because I'm at that stage where, yeah, like, you know, family and all that is is starting to be a priority. I just I I felt like this year was like a once in a once in a generation uh, event that uh, has also given me the time to spend with my kid lah, my my you know my mm. newborn and everything, and maybe mm. that for another sixty seventy years there might not be a man, another generational event like this. That, that forces mm. you to stay at home so much with your child or, or your family. So so yeah. I, for that I am I am pretty thankful uh, in, in this past year that I've had the time Didn't to spend you, you, How come you never write any Facebook post saying, you know, twenty twenty was hard, but it allowed me and it gave me time and space <laughs> to really understand what is important in life. Because you know if you fucking posted that right, I would yeah. DM you and like, dude, can you shut the fuck up? Okay. Exactly. I fucking hate those kind of posts. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad you didn't post it. Yeah, or maybe yeah. you posted it, but you showed it to everyone except me. Yeah. Or I put it on. Yeah, like I put it. You're not on my close friends list on Instagram. Then, yeah, then that's like, <laughs> you don't see the IG story <laughs> that I put there. No, no, no. no. Yeah. In fact, yeah. In, yeah. In fact, the, the because I'm at home more and just spending more time with family and everything. Uh, if not, then I'm working. Then you just play with social media less, lah. I realized like social media was like this. This little thing that was, you know, what like every time you're trying to be productive, it would try to, try to entice you over, and so in the office, uh. it's very easy to just jump on social media and feel like you're getting stuff done. Right? Actually, you're you're just, just mucking around, uh. Whereas at yeah. home, at home, like, you know, when your kid is like, it's either between your work or your kid, then you just quickly try and finish or I mean just do both lah. and then there's no more time left for social media so much because okay so so even hearing you right just uh, reiterates the sentiment I was getting I was getting when I read through the different reactions on uh, social media on Reddit and all that mm. is that I think it really depends on your personal situation uh, mm. as well lah. because if you live in a fucking mansion and you can mm. carve out a space where you're looking at plants, you have a pool, you have pets, of course, working from home is fucking dope. Mm. But if you live in a house 
that has a lot of people in it mm. and you're struggling to find space to concentrate or you you have kind of lost that period of time during the day where you can leave your house and just have time to yourself, right? Then it fucking sucks, la, mm. right? So I think for you, maybe having a kid kind of forced you to to go off social media. So mm-hmm. it's not the staying at home. It's because you knew you were getting three hours of sleep. You have your kid. Mm. You have uh, uh, our business. And you can't really choose, like, right? Because, mm. and I say that because uh, as of a few months ago, I started going to our office. <laughs> and mm. I would just work there alone. Mm. Um, and I was very appreciative of having a space like that because um, I kind of liked getting out of the house, you know, getting on a bus or getting on my skateboard and just having a change of, of scenery. La. So mm. so I think I think this is where it comes down to the employer themselves. La. Because if mm. you kind of like, if you, if you don't adapt to to the situation, then it, it could suck for your employees working from home. La. Because I remember one of my friend's mom at the start of Circuit Breaker, she couldn't even leave her, her desk because her boss was so anal that she would message and if she doesn't, get a reply within 15 or 20 seconds, she'll go berserk. Uh. Mm, mm, mm. And you yeah. read more and more stories of people who felt they were working longer hours. Mm. They felt they had no work-life balance. Mm. Um, and to digress a bit, uh, I saw something in the Straits Times. They said work-life harmony, not work-life balance. I'm like, who the fuck uses that term, work-life harmony? Mm-hmm. Is it because they don't want to kind of play into the whole rhetoric of like this buzzword that feels like it's cliche or overuse? But mm. but but separate from that, mm. so so yeah. So as I was reading it, I was like, hmm, okay. It really depends. Like it's hard to classify one or the other, la. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. I mean, it it, it really, yeah, like it depends on your work situation. I mean, like like you said, like we are quite lucky in that sense. When we are yeah. free, we are pretty free, like right. But when we are busy, yeah. we're really balls to the wall, kind of busy, like right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I I totally empathize with that that that, that lady you're talking about because yeah, I used to work with I used to work with people who who were like like that lah. Like they would if you were not in the office, you'd be freaking texted every like you know every other minute, uh, every getting call every other like five minutes, and if you don't reply, yeah. you know they like they just go nuts and and like as if you're not doing your job. Or I think there was one time I even like got in a pretty serious car accident when I was away from the office. I was going to a meeting mm. and mm. like, yeah, I think within like a couple of hours of the accident, I was getting all these kind of texts and calls about work again when I had, I had barely recovered from my whiplash. I was probably like on my way to the police <laughs> station and everything. And then uh, the, the, the boss then was still like, you know, oh, you know, how about this? You remember this? You remember this? Remember you sent this? That kind of thing. So I was like, what the hell, man? Yeah, so I can imagine... In that situation, working from home is, is probably a living hell. So, yeah, because I mean, and even then, right? Like this, this is such a monumental decision that I don't think it's based solely on productivity. Because there might be stats that show, oh, actually, in general, productivity has increased. But if you think about 153 public officers mm. working in 16 ministries and more than 50 stat stat boards, right? If you just have that mass of people. Uh, more of that mess out in public, you kind of have all these ancillary benefits also. Mm-hmm. Like you have F&B benefits, public transport, you have a whole bunch of things. So I think when they were making this policy discussion or when people are commenting, I think it's it's not the easiest to think about the the trickle-down effects, mm-hmm. you know, to use the very popular term yeah. that our government uses, the trickle-down effect. But in this in this case, I think there is something there. Yeah. Um, 
And and of course, I think it also depends on your stage of life. Like, because now I would say if I was working in a big company, I would want to work from home. Mm. Uh, but when I was younger, I and you know, like just horny as fuck, you know, just going out mm. meant a higher chance of meeting someone. You mean at work? Uh? My prime. I mean, not not at work lah. Oh, I mean, just yeah, you're yeah. out and this, about. You're like swimming hey, in the dangerous okay, ter- <laughs> me too territory just here. Horny as two fuck words, going you. to work. <laughs> so it's like the image in my mind is like you wake up in the morning and you're horny as fuck and then you like put on your scoot uniform and then you go to work. And then don't know what you do on the way, on the bus there and everything. That's why you get on the bus, hey, stick bus, everything. No, right? no, okay. <laughs> See, this is where taken out of context, right? You can totally paint a different picture. I'm just saying that you're out and about. Maybe it's more likely that you meet up with friends or you have this serendipitous meeting while waiting for Kopi O or Tasty at Toastbox. Uh-huh. You never know. I don't go into my office horny as fuck, right? You fuck. <laughs> you're the creepy, the creepy 30-something guy <laughs> carrying a skateboard. Staring at staring at those underage girls in MRT. Hey, no, 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 no. Don't don't give me this nonsense. As fuck. I'm, just, I'm just saying I'm just saying it would increase the likelihood of me finding someone by even 0.0.1% by going out, it was a chance worth taking, lah, right? Mm-hmm. So I can and if you work in an office where you know the facilities are great, you know, you have space, you have this awesome pantry and all that, yeah, then maybe working from Office is, is pretty cool if you have a cafeteria. I know working from home, especially let's say if you work in the CBD, working mm. from home can help you save a fuck ton of money because you don't have to pay those crazy prices of meals mm. in the CBD. So, and I also saw, yeah. uh, apparently there's a stat that more people are having back problems mm. from working from home. Sitting at home and everything. They don't walk as much. Yeah, right? sitting at home. But so here's a yeah. question. So now you are attached and, and uh, you know happily attached and everything. So why do you still <laughs> want to go to the office? Why do you still need that um, 0.1% chance of meeting people and everything? Eh, eh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that was one of the factors. Oh. And over the years, the priority changes, okay? I'm just saying I like going out for a change of scenery, oh. you know, get some fresh air, have a space where I'm like, okay, it's time to fucking work, man. Oh. Because, also because the past year for our industry and um, for our business, it has been fucking hard, lah, right? Mm. So, um, like every every chance we 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 get, we try and adapt, which is why this podcast started, like right. So I feel like okay, I need to make the best use of my time that I spend on work and having our office space, which I'm very grateful for, has been a great help for that. So like. long story short, you're no longer horny as fuck already. Nah. No, I'm still <laughs> horny as fuck, but <laughs> I'm not on the lookout. <laughs> Okay, oh, like a true predator. <laughs> Spoken like a true hey, predator. Fuck you. On the lookout. No, man. No, 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 no. But actually, one thing no, I want... No, no. Well, just, just to digress a bit, one thing I found interesting is now that the government has come out and said that the public sector is going to do this, right? Three out of five days. Ah, uh, yeah. Then, then that, that seems to be like a benchmark for people to follow already. Um, yeah. Is Singapore like the only country in the world where the public sector is so efficient that it's, it's seen as a benchmark to follow? Yeah, because I, they did say the private sector will take the cue from yeah, the public sector. I can't, right? I can't imagine this happening in the US or anything because, you know, everywhere you go, like they always complain about government bureaucracy, how slow it is and all that. But in Singapore, it's like, oh, government do, then everyone else must slowly yeah, follow. Actually. Right. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Normally they say, you know, the private sector, the capitalism fuels the the efficiency and makes everything more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> the Singapore is like, no, 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 no. The government keeps uh, the private sector on their yeah. toes. 
government start so so everything like, I think even bonuses and, and, and all these kind of norms right like usually mm. uh, even the private sector looks at the, the public sector in Singapore which is quite a unique thing like, it's quite unique so yeah, la, yeah three out of five days I think that that's that's what's coming to everyone law. I think in some way because if I'm not wrong it was also the private sector that first implemented no the public sector that first implemented work from home measures was it I can't remember last year uh, I don't know whether it was so, so uh, what do you call it uh, sequential lah. As in, uh, I think at uh, one point like shit was just hitting the fan and and they just started. That's that's why that's why there was a lot of difficulty at first because it seemed like the rules were changing and 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 there was a lot of difficulty for all the you know in a big corporation they have those risk management's teams and everything. And a lot of times, I think these units of the HR department would have to plan how to do this team A, team B nonsense. So I think after mm. a while, like big companies like Facebook and Google said, fuck it, everyone just work from home until end of 2021. So that we don't, yeah, yeah. We don't even like, give us one and a half years to think about it. How awesome is that? Uh, to just like, management's like, okay, fuck it. Everyone go home for like, a year and a half. We'll, we'll think about it. Jack Dorsey from Twitter. Yeah. Jack Dorsey from Twitter said, right, you know what? Everyone's going to work from home forever. Or something, oh, something along those lines. Wow. Yeah. Then the I think Twitter, I think Spotify as well. Spotify, they they are uh, they they committed to giving people the option to work from home if they want, mm. So okay, the thing about these sort of companies, right, is that they have no shortage of people wanting to apply for jobs there, mm. right? So if they set the expectations, they have, I'm sure, very clear KPIs. They have no shortage of very talented people applying. I think mm. they have a bit more leeway, la. Yeah. Um. Not to not to shit on the government or something, but given the range of jobs and all, like uh, I don't know what the whether the demand or the talent pool that applies to government jobs is as fervent as uh, say the tech bro companies, mm. like, right? So I think I think that sort of uh, measures also like vary across industry. Yeah, actually, you came up a lot. That, that's kind of a interesting thing you're bringing up. So. Maybe rather than just like the government saying, oh, we're doing do it like that. They should like publish like what, you know, big companies like Google, Facebook, Twitter, uh, any big like MNC that has a presence in Singapore. Like they should publish what their work from home or arrangements are, right? And then everyone's but why, all, eh? yeah. You know how like, oh. for example, how minister salaries are benchmarked, right? They look at the uh. top like the top 5%, I don't know how many, what, what percent of, of the earners, private sector yeah. or something. Yeah. And then from there, then they, they do an average of how, what a minister should earn. La. So uh. in this case, we should aspire to be like those big, big, um, you know, tech companies like Facebook, Google and everything and see what their practices are also, la, right? Because I'm, sure, mm. I'm sure Facebook has dumped a lot of money into figuring out how to make this work from home thing uh, work for them also, la, right? So, mm. so, so, it's like free research or so like just to do a general uh, general straw poll of, of what uh, all the big companies are doing uh. no but then if you think about it in the private sector also it's it's different in the sense that I, I assume that given that okay there are more people applying for Facebook Twitter Spotify means that they can be more how you say uh, the level of talent applying to them is almost like the employees there have more leverage mm. because they can easily say you know what fuck you Facebook mm. you don't allow me to work from home they have 10 other tech companies that allow. Mm. So Facebook, even if it means going against Mark, what Mark Zuckerberg wants, they have to cave into, not say cave into, but cater to the demands of their employees who are who have no shortage of opportunities elsewhere. Whereas, and I think that's where, 
Yeah, that's where this whole thing is like, I think when when people are uh, like commenting on the policies of work from home, it's so fucking complicated, right? Mm. And I think that's where the Singapore government, you got to got to give them some credit for trying to get Singapore back to, actually no, back to what? That's, that's, as, as I'm saying that, I'm realizing it's back to pre-COVID good Mm-hmm. Maybe that wasn't the most efficient way of doing things, also, lah. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I just I just rebutted my own point. Yeah, because if you do recall, I think one of our podcasts we just talked about how quiet streets are these days, and how back to the nineties and two thousands that you know that feeling when you walk around Orchard on a weekend, that kind of thing. It's not like overcrowded with people and all that, lah. Right. So, so mm. I guess the big question is, do we want to go back to that? pre-COVID level of overcrowding like, is that what we're rushing towards but of course this, okay lah I mean uh, let's not sit on ivory thousand because there are people in the aviation industry tourism industry hotel industry FMB, FMB who are all dying also. retail so, yeah having crowds is, it might be a good thing but, but office space is like is, is a bit more nebulous because yeah, some people say that they are more efficient working from home than they are at the office lah, right yeah, but how you how you quantify that? <laughs> Maybe in their minds they're more efficient. Well, I mean, technically, okay. How how many, how much time do you spend like commuting when you go to and from work? Like um, per day, I would say half an hour one way per day. Uh, each so way, an yeah. hour per day, lah, right? So yeah, an hour yeah. of your hour per day is about five hours a week, and in, in yeah. a year that's two hundred fifty hours, lah, which is about. Uh, if you divide by work hours, let's say you work eight hours a day, that's like almost a whole month, eh? right? If, the, if uh. my math is correct, is that really? Oh yeah, yeah, five hours, <laughs> okay. five hours a week, so yeah. fifty-two weeks, so yeah, yeah, yeah. two hundred fifty, about two hundred fifty, two hundred sixty hours. Yeah, and then you divide yeah. a work day by about eight hours, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah. you are left with about yeah three thirty about thirty days lah, thirty days of, yeah. of work. So that's yeah. a whole m- month of productivity you lose. Because of 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 commuting, eh? you think about mm. it. So, um, for I think what a lot of people's arguments are that when you don't when you take away that commute and having to dress up and having to, you know, do all the little things that to look uh, to look uh, attractive in the morning and all that, then then uh. yeah, you save a lot of time and that you just jump straight to work from your pajamas, ah. Yeah, but 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 like what you said, like There's, I mean. Like I, I don't think our our the na- the nature of our society or economy has evolved fast enough to be a work from home society or economy uh, in terms of the businesses out there the the re- the physical retail and all so I think I think in some way like you know they they call COVID the greatest not say COVID they they call the impact of COVID the greatest work from home experiment ever right mm. in some way I think it has likely changed the. Perception of working from home for a bunch of employers, mm. and I would even go so far as to say that probably people have realized that oh, work from home is actually possible, and there are benefits, lah. You know, mm, mm. Um, so so now I don't think you'll ever go back to what it was pre-COVID, and mm. maybe it's just you know I think I've used the analogy of that Tarzan swinging uh, as you go through life. You you never you never go through a straight line. You just go to one extreme of like oh you want to eat a vegan and no meat and all that. And then you realize okay that's not sustainable, but you go back to your diet, but maybe you have more vegetables uh, and less meat. And then you again go and you keep going back and forth with decreasing amplitude until you reach a steady state. Like. So maybe that's that's where we're at now. Now you're swinging back to working from office, but then at some point it might swing back towards more work from home and like that. Like. 
but I yeah I, I I I mean but if you're we're not really swinging to the extreme of working everyone rushing back to the office or so lah, right? Yeah, but but less people working from home or more people working from office lah. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah, than yeah. maybe two months ago. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Once we take away the the requirements that a certain number of people must work from home and everything, then then it becomes more of a uh yeah like a HR policy that is individually decided by a company. But I know like like certain big companies like PNG, they even way before COVID mm. happened in Singapore lah. Way before COVID happened, they already were working from home like on Fridays, you know. So oh, is it? yeah. So um, it seemed like such a crazy thing when I first heard it from somebody, like like a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, that's so awesome! You know, you can totally slack and all that. But now it's like, uh, yeah lah, They they I think uh, they they probably they probably were onto something already lah by that point that you know at least have one day where everyone works from home. And there is a, mm, rather than have mm. like casual Fridays where you wear jeans in the office and all that nonsense. Yeah, think about it. Uh. <laughs> like 20 years ago, casual Fridays was a big thing. Yeah, the one exactly. day of the week that you could wear jeans. Yeah, and it was such a then big deal. It was deal. really like, guys, guys, I think we are losing it, man. Guys, yeah. we, can't, we can't go too loose. They still need to tuck in their damn shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Right. I remember last time when my, the first company I worked at, uh, one of my friends wore khaki pants and he got scolded. <laughs> khaki pants. Yeah. Because there was too, 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 how you say, uh, too liberal, yeah, yeah. too, too free. I, I didn't even, and now, when uh, I, yeah, when okay. I was working in a, in the financial sector, uh, there wasn't even, I didn't even have a casual Friday thing in my office. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know as we were dreaming up MOF, there was one time I met you after work for dinner uh, and fuck, I saw you, I'm like, wow, Laoi, this guy, yeah. like you wore that, like, you had your button down white shirt with a tie and your black <laughs> pants. I was like, Fuck man, how to do comedy shit with this guy? <laughs> Little did you know. Then, then I was like, what the fuck are you wearing? Yeah. Then you're like, yeah, you just came from work. Yeah, and now now we go to, we literally go to meetings, meetings wearing Bermudas. Uh, perms, right? Yeah. It adds to our creative feel, uh, you know? Yeah. But now you're growing your hair out. I got my skateboard. Yeah. Because uh, we are creative, bro. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, it's pretty funny. But, 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 yeah, this, I, I mean, this work from home thing is really interesting uh, because it's been forced down everyone's throat for the past year and now now it's yeah. no longer going to be forced down our throat so I'm, I'm very interested to see where where where's the like what you say like the equilibrium that everybody ends up at uh, but, but yeah if you work at one of these big companies could you tell us like what is going on at your office because uh, yeah. even if you're, you're like if you're at an SME or something but there's some very interesting policy that you have do tell us also because for us is uh yeah for us we're we're not the usual kind of company either lah, right so uh, yeah it's a bit different when and we might be too we might be completely speaking out of our depth here yeah. yeah especially because I know in one of the articles um Mr Elvin Go the executive director of uh, at Singapore Human Resources Institute did say that employees should not resort to punitive measures as their only course of action when uh when trying to I guess enforce certain work from home or work from office guidelines. Uh, employers, is it? Yeah, employers, ah, okay, employers. Okay. But in reality, it might be very different like, because, I mean, I can imagine if you are running a, a big team and maybe the nature of your work where you have a lot of new employees and all, yeah, the dynamics might be different. So if you're working in a big company and like uh, have, have some insight into how, okay, there's the the guideline employees should not resort to punitive measures but in reality are you fearful mm-hmm. do you think that's absolute bullshit or do you think like 
yeah, your employer has been pretty good at pretty good with the work from home, work from office balance. Mm. No, actually, Whether there's li- work-life harmony. Oh, remember like uh, all the tech companies, they used to serve lunch to all the employees in the office, right? I wonder if they still yeah. they still do that like every day or something. Uh. I mean, I won't be surprised if they fucking send meals to the homes, man. I mean, the tech companies <laughs> this past year have probably been doing fucking amazing. Yeah, getting a lot of them. Oh, but interestingly, a, a, a poll recently by Sunday Times of 2,600 2, people revealed that three out of four people uh, would rather work from home. Mm. Mm. I mean, of course, it is a survey done by the Straight Times. So, mm. you know... You know, straight times and their service. Yeah. Um, but yeah, three in four are reluctant to return to office even on a part-time basis. No, wait, when you say, you know, straight times and their service, what do, you, what do you mean? I mean, in the past, their service, whenever they, they say a thousand respondents and all, um, it's very hard to find out the exact demographic of who mm. these 2,600 mm-hmm. people are, a thousand people. I think that last time when we were speaking, uh, it was about the non-essential artists mm-hmm. la, because that was done on a, uh, based on a straight time survey. Mm-hmm. We don't know who the fuck was interviewed. They might give some small indication, but nothing too substantial. Yeah. I, I think but, I just and of course I click and of course I click on the link to the article and it's fucking for premium members. Oh, so it's behind a paywall. Uh, my bigger question is yeah, like usually the straight times is usually I, I find that the articles lean a bit more in, in support of of uh the government, policy. government policy. So this one is in direct contradiction, like, right? With uh, mm, with what the policymakers mm. want, so um, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised that it's still being published and peddled. Yeah, mm. we we see like maybe uh in two days time they'll issue a clarification. <laughs> clarification. Uh, on yeah, on twenty eight March we ran this article saying three in four uh are reluctant to work. Actually, it's one in four are reluctant to work. Yeah. With three in four, like just jumping at the opportunity to yeah, or they clarify the survey was was actually a year end project for for some university students and then we found that the methodology was not accurate, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And our editor, yeah, yeah. our editor failed to, to mention that. Yeah, exactly. But but yeah, that was that was just something that we wanted to talk about. It'll be happening April 5th, I think. Mm. The, the new measures will kick in. Maybe that day you'll see like a wave of people on the streets. Maybe the buses will be full. Mm. The trains will be packed. Yeah, and like F and B outlets will be brimming at their ages. Yeah, but speaking of waves and you know, Holomar. and vehicles, vehicles being packed and 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 not able to move, that brings us to yeah. our next topic. Right, it is it is the crisis that is still unfolding at the Suez Canal. Mm. Uh, do you know how to pronounce it properly? Suez Canal, yeah. Suez, uh, yeah. it's not Suez or Suez. No, I mean right. as far as I know, it's always I, I've always pronounced it Suez. But but yeah, Suez. Let's just assume it's Suez. Like, yeah. It's not. It's not so, too complicated. So, f- so first of all, I will willingly admit that when I read that a ship on the way from Malaysia to Rotterdam got stuck in a canal in the Suez Canal, I was like, "Hey, shit! Why the fuck do you have to go all the way to like South or North and North America?" Then I realized, "Fuck, that's the Panama Canal," mm. and then I'm a fucking idiot. Mm, mm, mm. I you didn't know where uh, the Suez Canal was. Uh. I mean, I, I knew like, I just knew there were these two canals, and I got mixed up. Oh, okay? okay, don't just assume that I didn't know. Okay, I know, I knew. It's just I got mixed up momentarily. Mm. Like. No, I just know the Suez Canal is like something that we studied in our history books. Uh. I, I've never actually like. I don't think I've actually seen a picture of it until this past week. Uh. 
Oh really? I just yeah, I, just, I see. Yeah, I, I, I seen. At it in front I, I seen on the map like one of those global maps. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, oh yeah, shit! Yeah. And yeah, like you can see, it really says a oh, fuck ton. It's like you know, you need to make a U-turn at some road, and then uh, or you go some big ass roundabout, and there's this slip road, uh, because it saves nine thousand kilometers of sea travel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Correct, correct, correct. Nine thousand fucking kilometers. Yeah, and. Uh, I think there's records to showing that as early as the second millennium BC, mm. um, there was a, a couple of pharaohs who actually kind of started work on, on an ancient canal mm. called the Canal of the Pharaohs, which was meant to join the Nile with the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Correct. So, so it's, been, it's, been, it's been on the cards for a long time. La. Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah, we're just talking about a fucking canal. <laughs> Would you like to talk about the crisis in the canal? Uh no I think so uh, I think this past week uh a ship called Ever Given Ever Given right yeah a ship yeah, called Ever yeah. Given that was I don't know whether it's Japanese or Taiwanese but it was uh it's run by a company called Evergreen la. that's why you see those mm. words Evergreen on the side of the ship it's a huge ship I think like uh it's as long as the Empire State Building is would be if it's laying down on its side la, right. It's four hundred meters, like four hundred meters. meters. Okay, yeah, it's Empire State Building's height, lah. It's the that's its length. Yeah, uh, and then it got into some uh, strong winds and dust storms. I think, uh, it, mm. as it was going through the canal, and then it got, and then because it was piled up to the to the top with like containers, the containers act started to act like sails and started to push the push the ship adrift, uh, you know, and it ended mm. up uh, almost like perpendicular to to the shore and it's now just wedged there uh, and uh, it's basically blocking traffic la. and apparently 10% of the world's maritime traffic goes through the Suez Canal so uh, there are I think over uh, like almost 200 to 300 ships that are stuck because of that because the alternative would be to go around the continent of Africa which would add an extra yeah. week to your travel la. so um, just imagine uh, when just those there was this there was a lorry that was bringing chickens from JB and then it got stuck mm. for an additional 8 hours because of the because of all the COVID measures between Singapore and JB and everything and all the chickens on board the on that lorry died died from humidity mm. heat exhaustion and everything mm. Like. Mm. so I mean so for a whole ship a whole ship of like that also has live live produce and everything to make a decision between taking one extra week and then traveling around the, the continent of Africa or just waiting on the spot to see if this thing clears in a day or two. Uh, you can you can see how difficult that decision is, lah, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So it's, so, it's so that's fucking... that's why like we're we're in this uh, conundrum now. Lah. Yeah, and I mean the the scale it the ship is one of it's it's a golden class ship, lah, uh which uh, it's a golden class container ship. Um, and it's fucking huge. Like. It's probably some one of the biggest ships in the world. Mm. Uh, one of the biggest cargo ships. Mm-hmm. So it really, it just, it really blocks off. If you look at the bird's eye view, it really blocks off the canal uh, diagonally. Um, and the, like what you said, you know, the number of vessels that go through, on average, I think there are like 51.5 vessels that go through the Suez Canal every day. Mm. And if you look at the bird's eye view of, of the ships that are piling up behind, right? Mm. It's, it's ridiculous. Like. Uh, is fucking ridiculous, and it's apparently it's costing like ten billion dollars, 
in in expenses like every day or every week mm-hmm. um, just for all the parties involved like in terms of insurance claims and all that yeah. but um, as I was reading it I just thought it was funny that it originated from Malaysia la. <laughs> <laughs> okay insert Insert some I mean, shitty joke about uh, Malaysia Airlines. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll just leave it. I'll just leave. Eh, eh, eh. No, no, no. Eh, that one's sensitive, lah, bro. Uh, this is from. It started from Tanjung Pelepas, uh, Malaysia to Rotterdam, Netherlands, la. Um, but, and I mean, the other, the uh, the other interesting thing that has uh come out from that is all the fucking internet jokes and internet memes, lah. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the pictures, it really does look ridiculous. Like, like one tractor trying to dig uh, yeah. a drudge or, or like uh, uh, dig through. Because apparently the ship is is wedged uh, in the ground. So they need mm. to refloat it. Yeah. Right? So I think there were some talks that maybe on Sunday or Monday, the shore, I mean, the tides might turn and, and the shore might actually cause the ship to to come up like, and it needs to go up I think water levels need to rise like 18 inches or some some just small some small figure like that like. but but mm. I mean you can imagine 18 inches uh, when you're talking about a whole sea it's, it's how much how much that is like, right so um, yeah it's just yeah, like what you say like, all these pictures of, of them trying different things tugboats uh, like um, I think uh, there, there's even a, a, a Instagram account for for that one, the guy doing uh, who's driving the digger at the at the mm. end of the ship, you know, they made a joke Instagram account for it and everything. So it's just yeah. it's just one of those crazy situations, uh. But I, I I've but, I think I've read before that there are people who are specifically trained for this kind of situation, like people. I'm sure Yeah, who they, yeah, they're sure. divers, the group of divers and and ex navy people, all who specialize in let's say a ship like flips on its side or something like that. They are able to within like a certain number of time deploy the right equipment and people to be able to actually pull the ship back up and stuff like that. Lor. So I'm quite yeah. surprised I that mean, even for something like that, that we're still we're like, huh? Like, what's going on? Like, who's who's going to be able to help? And we're just waiting for nature to to do its thing. Uh. Because I mean, I'm sure you can imagine a lot of investments being put into. Uh, teams or or infrastructure to prevent this from happening, like Because the shipping industry is an industry that I've, whenever I've just scratched the surface, uh, from talking to people in the industry, you know, mm. it blows my mind how it's almost like a different universe, mm. right? Um, and the shipping industry, if you think about it, yeah, it, it's easy to make jokes and trivialize it. But the one example you brought up just now about livestock, mm. uh, there are there are ships with livestock on it and. Who knows what the fuck is going to happen to that to, to those animals, lah? Unfortunately, um, the price of oil might increase because apparently, like six six hundred thousand or ba- six hundred thousand barrels of oil pass through the Suez Canal every day, mm. um, and if that is held up, it literally just can impact the oil prices, like When oil prices goes up, there's a whole bunch of other repercussions. Mm. Um, there's probably some political issues mm. um, that could that could unfold. Uh, I know now the U.S. Joe Biden publicly committed to sending like drudging experts over um, and <laughs> drain yeah. the swamp. He's <laughs> like drain the swamp. Yeah, this, <laughs> drain the swamp. So, and it just feels like, oh shit, this is, I mean, okay, exactly. You would think that, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened before mm. because it sounds like it's happening for the no, first time or the first time no, in no, a long has, time. Yeah, I think, it has? It has, and uh, I think twice before they had to shut down Canal for similar reasons. The last time I think it was in 2005, or some or around around that time when a Russian with, with a ship that kind of blocked yeah, the I think it was a Russian ship if I'm not wrong. 
Uh, this was on based on my research, lah. But if if someone has 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 better details of it, of course, huh. please correct us. I know, I know. There's also speculation that it was not just high winds and a dust storm. Um, it it could have been human error or a systemic error, lah. Because if you imagine you're a captain of a ship, right? And if mm. you fucked up, right? Mm. Of course, you're gonna say, "Hey, yeah, the weather, the wind, bro. The wind, bro. The wind was fucking powerful at that point in time. There was a dust storm. I couldn't see, but." Mm. But it just feels like, yeah, as much as the cargo is stacked, I would imagine that um, when when the ship builders build a ship like this, right, mm. uh, I would assume that strong winds would probably be part of the the risk analysis. Yeah. It's, I mean, right. yeah, there could always be some conspiracy theories about about why it's like, like that or what. Maybe like trying to intercept some. It, it sounds like some, you know, like you watch, uh, what, what was the show, uh? Ocean's Eleven or, or Mission Impossible Three or one of those shows, then you can imagine like the character saying, "Oh, you know, we need to yeah in order to for us to break the casino, we need this shipment of whatever to not come in." Uh, then someone says, "Well, I already bought the shipping company," and then of that, boom, this happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And and I mean just now when I mentioned the ship shipping universe is a fucking different thing. Think about it like this is an industry where the pirates, right? Uh, is is not just people copying your shit. Actual pirates, any ship that goes out there, it is a risk. Okay, when else in which other industry um, that it employs that many people has that sort of of danger where you yeah you go about your work and you are under threat of your com- of your company's vehicle being attacked right mm. and i mean i think a few years ago um like we just heard through the grapevine of this this informal business known as oil bunkering yeah. which which is a very it's it's uh informal because the concept if i recall is basically when a ship goes from point a to point b they always have uh x amount of fuel kind of uh budgeted lah uh, and maybe there's some buffer. So apparently, there's this informal industry called uh, around the like oil, called oil bunkering, where people broker uh, sales of this excess fuel to other ships uh, in the open waters, which is not under the jurisdiction of any country, mm. So I might be totally getting it wrong, but I've heard that is a can be a very lucrative trade. Mm. And you can imagine once you're in open waters, right? It's really the wild, wild west, la, mm. right? So as much as we were, what we are seeing in public about what happens with this ship and all, like, holy shit, the shipping industry. I know when I was talking to one of my friends in the shipping industry, he said during the COVID uh, pandemic, uh, at the height of the pandemic, he said, you know, you see all these horrors on land with, with people being uh, locked up uh, or like uh, under lockdown. The world of people in ship travel was fucking, apparently suicide rates went up. Mm. Um, people were going crazy on the ship. They have literally nowhere to go. Yeah. So reading this is like, whew, like who would have thought this is such a ridiculous instance that I think even within people in the industry, there's a lot of quotes of people just saying they've never seen anything like this before. Yeah, correct, correct. But, oh well, I mean, we have to just, I guess right now it's just, uh, we kind of got to wait and see whether the ship's able to refloat, right? And when they say Sunday or yeah. Monday, I think, I guess it'll be our Sunday evening or, or like early Monday morning or something where they can actually first yeah. start seeing it. <laughs> if you think about it, like in Singapore, like the lift breakdown or MRT breakdown, everyone's like, wow, motherfucking hell. How can this fucking ship break down? I have to take a bus and like go fucking two more bus stops. Wow, what the shit? This one's <laughs> closer to our causeway, our causeway shutting down, right? That's... that's 
But even then, yeah. like Causeway, okay, like you maybe. I mean, before like lockdown and all, there were other ways to get to Malaysia. Like, this mm. can you say okay, you back up, you go around South Africa and come around the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you just reverse. Yeah. You know, all the ships like beep, beep, yeah. beep. And first of all, most ships can't reverse. Yeah, they need a separate vehicle to get them to reverse. Oh, fun fact about aviation as well. You know, jet planes, uh, airline uh, planes can't reverse. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. whenever you see. Whenever you see the plane backing up on the airport, right? Mm. Uh, if you guys still remember that feeling, uh, there's literally a different vehicle that comes and drags the plane out because it doesn't make sense to build an engine in a way that can help the plane reverse, like because they just need to care about moving forward, lah. Correct, mm. correct. Yep. Fun fact. Cool. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. Let's keep our fingers crossed that we can get through this. Keep our fingers crossed. So, so yes. Now, now we're moving on to. The third segment, which is no longer the final segment, because we got a new segment. Yes, and what is this new segment about? This new segment is because I mean, one of the things we are actively trying to do is find ways to engage the wonderful Yalabad community better, to grow the podcast, to offer, or just, just, just yeah, grow it. We're not going to stop anytime soon at all. Um, and one of the things we have been very appreciative of is our community on Reddit. La. So we figured if every week we, or every podcast we talk about our one shook thing from the past few days, why not talk about the one shook comment from the past few days? Yes. One shook comment. Because so, I, mean, yeah. I think our, our, our hope is that people also start going on the subreddit and reading other people's comments and comments. So uh, yeah, there were, there were really quite a couple of interesting comments that came up in the last few days. Uh, whether it's talking about the the Neon Poly peeing thing or, or even Anthony Chen's podcast and things like that, lah, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's also just a way of saying thanks to people who take the time to maybe write a very thoughtful comment or write something witty or make a, a great meme mm. uh, and, and just say, yo, thanks for making our community that much better, guys yeah. and gals. Yeah. So so what is what is your one short comment of the week, Terence? Uh my one short comment is in relation to what I mentioned was the Nian Poly peeing peeing thing. Uh so yeah. I think there was a lot of interesting comments that came forward about it and uh uh I think to me the most interesting one was uh from one of our you know longtime uh listeners, my pretzel and sushi, that's the handle, uh who talked yeah. about uh his or her experience uh, from from Nian Poly la. Uh, and uh, he, the, my pretzel and sushi goes in excruciating detail about the orientation camps and how you know screwed up a lot of the activities were in there and, and how it affected him or her after after the whole experience la. so um, it's uh, I, I think I thought it was a pretty eye-opening read uh, you know uh, please take a read and, and also see that uh, this whole peeing thing it wasn't an isolated incident like, and they go into quite he goes into quite he or she goes into quite a lot of detail about other things that also happen so yeah we I, I like it like that like authentic and you know from the horse's mouth and everything and really telling us like long term you know like a year or two later you how you feel about the incidents and all that. Because I think it's also important mm. to give people the longer term perspective looking back. Okay, was was it that I was just a kid or what? Or what do I regret doing or not doing? I think that's pretty interesting. Mm. So so yeah, and she actually had a maturity to, to think about the, the event like that as well. 
And what was the name of the commenter again? My Pretzel and Sushi. My Pretzel and Sushi. All yeah. right, cool. Okay, yeah. what is your comment? Uh, and, and just my one short comment. Com- what topic it is also, right? Yeah. My one short comment also came on the thread for the Neon Poly students urinating uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one is the gift that keeps on giving. So- huh? Yeah, that's yeah. Empty your vessel. Uh, it, it wasn't about uh, that incident per se, but it was related to something that I think you mentioned on that ep- uh, episode about, you know, wanting to try out Clubhouse with our Yala Butters mm. um, and and thinking about how else we can interact with mm. our users. And uh, it came from uh, Amazing Chemistry 414. And basically, he, he or she pointed out that Clubhouse isn't really um, at front and center at, at most Singaporeans' minds, mm. which... I know it's anecdotal, but uh, I can I can see also I can I can sort of agree with just based on my own interactions with my friends. But it did give us an interesting idea about uploading just how we do this podcast in snippets on TikTok, because admittedly TikTok is a platform that Terence and I have yet to venture into. Um, I think over the years also like I think we have realized what what we like doing the kind of projects we work on, and thankfully um, we are getting the opportunities to work on these bigger projects, but. We're also constantly reminding ourselves that we can't be complacent. Like, if there's a new platform that people are interacting with and if there's something that can introduce our podcast to people who maybe haven't heard of Yalabad, that might be worth uh, some point doing it. Like, and he said, um, you know, just uploading short TikToks about how we do this podcast, what our setup is like. Because I think everyone feels that podcast, you need a studio, you need this. But if you were to look at how we do our podcast remotely, almost like, <laughs> I don't know about you, but um, uh, actually... Even for, for me, like every time I do a podcast in uh, uh, the house I was living in previously or now, it's, it's, a, it's a slightly different location in the house. Like. We have this mobile setup that we just set up uh, and do this remote podcast. And when we have guests, uh, we turn our office into a DIY audio studio and we don't share that process. Mm-hmm. So not to say we will, <laughs> but I just thought it was an interesting thing to think about because uh, on TikTok, I myself have come across accounts that share the process of making things that are surprisingly watchable. Mm, I see. Yeah, okay. so so I just thought that was an interesting thing to talk about. Mm. To think about, to think about. Okay. So thank you, Amazing Chemistry 414. Mm. But of course, we, cool. we, we still have our final segment. Uh, yeah. So there, so there was the a one. new segment just to, to read, just to read like our favorite comments. Because I think... Uh, we're also very uh, very busy sometimes, so we don't always reply to every single comment. But it's a yeah. this is a quick way for us to show our appreciation, right? Yeah, and and I mean our final segment is the one show thing, and maybe there might be one day where our one show comment and one show thing are one at the same. That's when you know your comment was fire, man. Yeah. Possible, Holy possible. shit! Don't I sound like a Gen Z? You know it was fire, bro. <laughs> yeah, but the comment a bit, fire, bro. A bit skinny on the way on the coolness when you say it. Uh. A bit skinny, Yo, don't yeah. make me go ham on you, man. <laughs> don't make me go ham on you. Uh, but yeah. So what is your one shot thing of the week? My my one shot thing is actually related to the second topic we talked about the 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 current traffic jam at the Suez Canal. It's this very enterprising dude or dudette who built a very simple website called istheshipstillstuck.com and it's just a website you go there the header is is that ship still stuck and in a line right below in much smaller font it says yes (laughs) and there's a counter it says it's been like this for five days four hours and 20 minutes it has cost us 
50 billion so far. There's a live uh, embed of a map uh, from vesselfinder.com mm. that shows the position of the ship um, and just some links to interesting articles. And over the past five days, it's been seen according to the the simple analytics widget at the bottom of the page, 1.3 million times. Oh. And I just thought, holy shit, this is a fucking genius idea. All he did was he bought a domain that was probably very available because who would have thought about a domain is the ship still stuck.com. Mm. Um, he created uh, a page and at the end of it, he's actually selling his own NFTs, mm, which I, see, I thought I was, was, was super interesting. Like, and whenever I see this, I always feel like, fuck man, the internet really is a place to create anything and you never need something that's fancy to really go viral. Like, and I thought, fuck, this is a genius idea and it just blew my mind. Like. Mm, interesting, interesting. Yeah. NFTs. Super cool. Yeah. yeah. And and what is your one shock thing, Terrence? Uh, it's just, uh, I think today we I witnessed, we or we collectively who watch uh, mixed martial arts witness history mm. when Francis mm. Ngannou has the Cameroonian uh, French, I think, I don't know whether he's French by, by nationality okay. as well, but Cameroonian, mm. like, he has become the new heavyweight champion of the world. Oh, shit. By beating Stipe Miocic, the, who was previously seen as one of the, the greatest heavyweight of all time. Uh, but he, he beat him cleanly in the second round with a, with a knockout punch. It's pretty crazy. Uh. So, so I mean, the, the, it's very interesting because uh, Nganu as a just his story, his backstory of how he escaped from Cameroon, and how he was, you know, um, I think he was on the Joe Rogan podcast just a, a few weeks ago, and he talked and really mm. went through history of how he, he's, he's, he's had a crazy story of how he's get he got here like, to the UFC and and now he lives in Las Vegas and everything. But um, I mean, it's almost like destiny uh, because he's a like a genetic freak. He's huge, and, and I mean. Imagine like when Brock Lesnar was in the WWE, that kind of thing. That's how he, that's how Francis Ngannou feels like in the UFC. Like, like he's this monster with like one punch knockout power, and and then even and he lost his previous two fights, right? No, no, no. He three years ago he, he was a rising big rising star, and everyone was saying that he's going to win the he's going to be the champ, like. And then he fought Stipe Miocic, and Stipe Miocic actually. Uh, wore him down like Stevie Miocic knew where the, the holes in his game were and actually handily beat him in five rounds. Uh. So uh, mm. then after that, Ngannou had one more fight with Derek Lewis, another very interesting fighter. But that fight was really weird because I think he, he his confidence was really shaken after that that his first loss and everything. So he also lost that fight. So two straight losses. Then everyone's like, oh, um, nah, he's just like hot air. Like, he's no longer the next big thing and everything. And after that, he just went on a rampage and just like started like knocking everyone out. I think he's for the since those two losses, he spent less than two minutes in actual like fight time in the cage, uh, because like he just mm. knocks people out so quickly. And now he's he's you know fulfilled his destiny by by beating oh, Stipe Miocic in a rematch. And uh, yeah, so, so it's just interesting because he's got such an interesting backstory. He literally has a you know has he's not like. Um, He's he's not like living in America for a long time, so he's a you know French Cameroonian accent, and then you know he had to escape to Europe and things like that, and now he's like fulfilled a destiny as a heavyweight champion of the world uh, in, in mixed martial arts. So, I mean, not not saying that and, not saying that yeah. anyone can just walk walk in and and do that, but it also shows like how 
you know, whatever dire circumstances you are, there are there is a there are possibilities and ways of, of getting out of it la, and, and becoming and, and, and achieving yeah. amazing things in your life also. La. And I mean whatever link we put in the show notes, please check it out because Francis Ngano Ngano, like like Terence said, he really if you imagine you have this computer game and you have a cheat code to build the ultimate fighter yeah. in terms of the physique and uh, just the physicality of it, right? Yeah. It'll be Francis Ngannou. Like. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. And the funny thing is that he's like, when he talks and everything, he's like so, so seems so jovial and gentle and that kind of thing. I mean, I don't know about him as, I don't know how he is as a person. Like, but when he throws a punch, it's like, oh, it's, you just watch the slow motion replace. It's, it's like, almost like a work of art, uh. Like the, and the and the thing is like he he only started boxing when he escaped Cameroon right when he left Cameroon right yeah and at, at some at one point he didn't even really have a coach or anything teaching him when he was started mixed martial arts and all uh. so so it's really that much raw uh, uh, raw power and and talent that, that the raw power uh, basically that carried him into the uh, becoming a pro and everything uh. so it, yeah it's, it's just, fucking crazy man just a crazy story and. Uh, Crazy, I mean, yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I don't know what will his next steps be going forward, but this felt like it feel, just feels like it was something that was destined to happen. It was just a matter of time, la. So now it has happened, la. and everyone's just like oh. shocked and, and just like just waiting to see what's next for him, la. That is fucking dope, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool, 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 cool. Cool. So all right, now man. We've come to the end of the podcast, right? end of the podcast yes and yeah it's the end of the podcast so thank you for listening it's the end if you carry on listening you will hear the next podcast but this is the end of this podcast so again yeah any questions for our next guest SS Vicky please go to the reddit and let, let us know hell yeah man hell yeah cool <laughs>